So for me, it was really about being very mindful of how I was allocating my time. And the way that I kind of went about that was to spend about a week with a journal, writing down what I did every 15 minutes, 15 minute intervals of how I was spending my time to try to identify where I was wasting time. And it was kind of amazing to realize how much white space there was, like how much time I was using in a very unmindful or wasteful, inefficient manner. Welcome to The Ziegler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today we have Rich Roll back with us to dig into his personal daily habits of success following the seven spokes of the Ziegler Wheel of Life. If you did not hear our first show, 528 with him, the main interview, uh, go listen to that. It is significant. It sets a stage for what you're going to hear today. Some of the highlights of Rich's daily habits. He took a week, I believe it was, and he journaled every 15 minutes of his day, those blocks to discover where he was wasting time in his life. So he could be more efficient. Uh, his morning time starts pre-dawn. He feels it's the most creative time he has. It's when he does a lot of his creative writing and his book writing. Uh, in his early days as a corporate lawyer, he felt like an artist trapped in a lawyer's body. And that's a lot of his story again, that you'll hear in the previous show. And he believes we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. And then there's little in life he gets more joy from than a bike ride, which is interesting because that's also part of his job. You can connect with Rich at richroll.com and you want to check out his new offering. It's meals.richroll.com as a plant-powered guy and known for that. A lot of people hear it and they're inspired, but they wonder how on earth do I do that? That's what this new product helps you with. So meals.richroll.com. I went there myself. You will enjoy this conversation much. We're going to dive in right after I thank a proud sponsor of today's show. Okay, folks, here then I bring you none other than Rich Roll and his daily habits. Okay, Rich, as we look at these seven spokes in the Ziggler Wheel of Life and ask about your daily habits, go behind the scenes, which with you is probably less behind the scenes than anybody I've ever asked because your book is all behind the scenes mm -hmm. and so is your podcast and your life, which I, I so appreciate. But before we dive into them, um, well, I'll, I'll ask you, do you want to state some or will you state some or do you want to do them amongst these different headlines of physical, family, mental, financial, spiritual, career, personal, share since we're at the beginning of the year, any New Year's resolutions, goals, however you state it. I try to not get overly caught up in, in New Year's resolutions and goals. Like I'm, I'm constantly doing an inventory. I do, I do an inventory every morning of, you know, what I'm working on, where I'm falling short, et cetera. So I'm always trying to kind of push forward on my goals. But I would say if I had to articulate one, you know, this year, 2018, um, well, I have specific goals and then I have more like kind of ephemeral ones. The specific one is I have a book that I'm determined to write this year. So I've got to get off my butt and write this book. So that's a very specific, tangible goal. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, secondarily, secondary to that, I have kind of more ephemeral goals like learning how to say no better, um, managing my time better, uh, so that I can, um, Focus on the things that that are most important and doubling down on on my own personal development. 
Okay. Well, so in looking at these specifics, and again, the first one we always start off with is physical, and you are, you know, Mr. Physical in that aspect. So to ask you what your daily habits are physically would probably be a long list and, and an extreme list to most people. But maybe if I could ask, what are the ones that really feed outside of just, you know, exercise and the things, I mean, you're an athlete, uh, an elite athlete. So, uh, that's a given, but what are the ones that you do physically that really keep you in check and feed your soul and mm-hmm. keep you well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm a ultra endurance triathlete, um, and so that means that that I like to you know go r- r- ride my bike and and go running and go swimming, and I like to go long distances, and so that means that I'm spending a lot of time alone, um, and so you know in many ways for me the training is an active meditation. Um, it's like this kind of spiritual pilgrimage in certain regards, and 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 so I think that you know, that is a crucial ingredient in my success equation in terms of feeding my soul. Like there's nothing like going out uh, for a long trail run by myself and, and just nature and the sound of my breath and, uh, you know, the smells um, of dawn as a way to just connect myself with, with myself and, and with the planet at large to anchor me and to help remind me of what is most important. So the physical and the spiritual for me are inextricable. Okay. So this will be curious for, for you. I remember it was a book. I cannot remember. It was a long time ago and it was, uh, I don't know if Mark Allen wrote the book or if it was just talking about him and people said, you know, cause he's a really spiritual guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew him as that. I said, what are the deep, you know, these, these massive thoughts that you have while you're out running. And he said, most of the time it's just one, two, <laughs> three, four. Yeah. <laughs> I always appreciate that. I got to admit sometimes on a run, if I'm, if I want to think about something, I get some really great ideas, but you talk a lot about your breath and yeah, it sounds like a lot of times it's just a clearing uh, and not a specific. Well, it's, it's, it's a combination of two different things. I think, you know, it's a way, yeah, it's kind of like a, a mental pipe cleaner. And sometimes, you know, as somebody who's a cyclist like yourself, you know, like when you, sometimes you have your best ideas when you're out on the bike or when I'm out on the trail, like problems get solved in my mind when I, when I, when I, you know, before my workout, I think, how am I ever going to figure this thing out? And then the solution just arrives to me. Um, so there's kind of that kind of creative energy that's going on. Um, but I think there's also that meditative aspect, which is very different. That's being anchored in the present and in the moment. And so what you will learn and understand when you, when you learn about meditation and you practice meditation, various techniques are all about trying to bring yourself back to the present. So whether it's just focusing on the breath or a mantra, or counting your breaths, it's very similar to what Mark Allen is saying, like one, two, three, like, like, if you're just counting, you're in the moment, like you're not letting your presence of mind, uh, you're not allowing that to be interfered with by all the other whatever crazy thoughts about the day are generally occupying, you know, most of our awareness. And so that is a very, um, cleansing kind of, uh, aspect of these endeavors as well. Yeah. 
Well, so this one, and we talked about it a little bit in the previous show, just how you were able to do these massive feats of becoming an ultra endurance athlete and uh, growing in that while you had a day job for a long time and, and manage all that. So family, when we look at family, what are the daily habits that you employ to keep your family well? I'm assuming that you probably had to be pretty specific so that you were not an absent husband and father. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, an anecdotal phrase, uh, called, uh, um, the Iron Man widow, you know, like people who get involved in, in endurance sports and, and ultra endurance sports, yeah. um, quite frequently end up with relationship problems because training for these events can be so time consuming and often teeter into the world of obsessive compulsive for a lot of people. And as an obsessive compulsive person to begin with, that was something I had to be very mindful as I got more and more immersed in these races and this training. Uh, But I have this background in, in recovery and I understood that, I had to buffer my enthusiasm for this, you know, world of ultra endurance against the things that are most important in my life. And if my relationship with my wife and my kids ultimately ended up somehow sacrificed in the pursuit of these very self-serving goals, then that's not worth it. That's not worth anything. So for me, it was really about being very mindful of how I was allocating my time. And the way that I kind of went about that was to spend about a week with a journal writing down what I did every 15 minutes, 15 minute intervals of how I was spending my time to try to identify where I was wasting time. And it was kind of amazing to realize how much white space there was, like how much time I was using in a very unmindful or wasteful, inefficient manner. And so I then, once that became apparent, made some pretty hard cuts like this is out. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I don't get to you know, stay up late watching TV and, you know, I don't live way out in the Rocky mountains like you, but I live kind of in the boonies away from Los Angeles. No more driving into town for some lunch meeting that I know is not going to ultimately translate into business. Uh, you know, conference calls got pushed to emails, like anything that wasn't mission critical had to go or I had to find some other way of reducing my time investment in it. And once I did that and got very focused on, okay, this is what I'm doing. Here's where, here's my priorities. Then, um, then I understood and knew every day where my training would fall in and there was in, and you know, where my family time would come in. And by adhering to that and being pretty like rigorous about it, um, I've been able to, create a sustainable model where I can go out and do this kind of training and still uh, be present for my kids and my wife. Man, it's interesting. I just got back from uh, uh, a getaway with my family for New Year's time. Mm -hmm. We went away and stayed at this place. We did an Airbnb and they had a clock that played Christmas music uh, every hour. But what was interesting (laughs) to me, and I I told my wife about it, I said, gosh, it's it's amazing because you realize, boom, there goes that music again. I think it just went off like 15 minutes ago. It felt so daunting to know how fast the time was. And I said, we, we need to get a clock that does something on the hour so that we realize what the kids realize, especially, oh my gosh, they've been on the computer for an hour. Mm. It's time to go outside or something like that. And so 15 minutes, that's a pretty 
significant capturing of your, of your life. Uh, yes, massive mm-hmm. accountability. I think that would be scary for most folks, including myself. Well, I think most people say uh, it's a very convenient excuse for people to just say they don't have time. Like, oh, because now I'm self-employed. Well, like, oh, well, Rich, you can do this because you're self-employed. Well, I I didn't used to be self-employed. Like, I had to reconfigure my life so that I could be self-employed. But for somebody who is, you know, in a nine-to-five cubicle job, who's got kids, maybe they're a single parent. They're like, look, I wake up at... I wake up at six o'clock. I got to get my kids ready for school. I take them to school. Then I work all day. I get home. I'm exhausted. I just want to, you know, go to bed. Like I don't have time. Like I couldn't do that. Like great for you. It doesn't work for me. And the truth is if you did that 15 minute experiment, I guarantee you, you can find areas in your life that you can free up time. And if a goal is important enough to you, if changing your life is important enough to you, then get up at four o'clock in the morning. You know, get up earlier. There is time. It's really not a function of time. It's a function of priority. I, absolutely. So, okay, this third spoke then is is mental. So are there some daily habits that you do just to retain your own mental edge and growth? Mm. Plenty of those. Um, you know, I have morning routines that I adhere to. I have little mantras that help me. Um, but I think just to kind of uh, prepare myself for the day. Uh, I am a strong proponent in having a very intentional, mindful way to uh, embrace each day. And so what that means for me is getting up pre-dawn and instead of um, indulging that impulse to immediately look at your phone and see what's going on, there's no looking at the phone. I do 20 minutes of meditation and I do some form of journaling. Um, I can get into the weeds with you on that if you'd like, but I spend about a half an hour in various types of journaling. And then I spend some time on creative writing. So whether it's working on the book that I'm working on or other creative endeavors, I try to really harness those magical special hours in the morning. Um, when for me personally, my brain seems to be at its creative peak and most productive for the best outcome. Um, and once I kind of clear the decks with that, then I can look at my phone, then I can, you know, sort of embrace the day with some intentionality about how I want to spend those hours. Okay. So you don't have to go down the rabbit hole, but I am curious when you talk about journaling, it's something that we come up with a lot here, uh, mm-hmm. as you would guess, the majority of the type of guests that we have here on the show uh, do such things. But when you talk about different types of journaling, give us a quick snapshot. Well, I'm a huge fan of Julia Cameron's um, The Artist's Way. In fact, I have this book right here. Uh, let's see. So this book, I have been engaged in, okay. um, in this program for almost, I've been doing it on and off for 20 years at this point. Um, and, and, and sort of a core, basically it is a, it's kind of, um, a program for unlocking creativity and what, and there's a a number of kind of core, um, tools that Julia talks about. And the main one is daily morning pages. And what that means is getting a journal out and just writing three pages longhand, whatever comes to your mind. And the idea behind that is to kind of free up the cobwebs and not to edit yourself and get all caught up in like trying to write something perfect, but just to 
free associate. So that allows your brain to kind of travel to places um, in an unlocked manner that perhaps is more difficult if you're putting pressure on yourself to write the perfect sentence or whatever. And that's become a crucial um, daily tool for me in just kind of getting, getting the cogs moving and getting me to look at things maybe a little bit differently and a little bit more creatively in a free form kind of function. So that I would say that's my, that's my go-to form of daily journaling. Gosh, sounds incredible. I will check Mm -hmm. out the book. There's a free plug for Julie Cameron uh, in the artist way. (laughs) So the, uh, the next one then is financial. What are the habits that you employ to have financial health. And I assume, you know, in any great story of achievement that they change, you had some back then that helped you get to the place you are now and they may be different, be different from what you employ now, but share a few of those financial habits for home. Yeah. I think that, that, uh, it's just, first of all, it's hilarious that you're asking me about financial habits because I, I don't consider myself to be a terribly, sagacious business person. And and so for me, my tips are about like understanding what you're good at and what you're not good at. And, you know, it took me a long time, you know, and many years as a lawyer to realize like, you know what, like I can kind of will myself into, you know, I'm smart enough to be able to like get through law school and get a job as a lawyer and practice it. But it's not where my heart is. You know, fundamentally, it's like I just detested everything about it. And it took me a long time to realize, like, I'm just, you know, I'm just like an artist. You know, I'm an artist trapped in this lawyer's body trying to pretend like I can be this business person. And when I finally kind of embraced that, like, I'm not so good at that stuff. Maybe I should uh, find people that are really good at it to join my team and to help me. Um, That has been the solution that has helped you know, solve a lot of financial you know, problems and pitfalls that I've gotten myself into over the years. So for me, I got a business partner. You know, I had a, a, a guy who was a longtime mentor of me that ultimately ended up coming on board to be the CEO of everything that I do. And he's a guy who's brilliant at business and is very smart about how to manage and handle money. And he really allowed me to, he taught me how to get my house in order. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's been about learning that if I want to grow my business, uh, if I want to grow my reach and my influence, uh, I have to let go of me trying to do everything and make room for people that are good at other things to come in um, and handle certain aspects of what I'm trying to do to elevate it so that I can scale it and impact the most number of people and do it in a financially sound way. I, I, as, as, as often as the case in this interview, I'm I'm totally with you. I would almost give up one of my kids for my CPA. (laughs) (laughs) Well, spiritual. And you talked about this referenced it a good bit in the the last show uh, as well, just the spiritual side of your life. But again, looking at the daily habits that you put in place for your spiritual life, share some of those with us. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. And the more that I can kind of get in touch with that, um, the better my life seems to run. 
And I think that we're all here to, uh, you know, learn lessons and to grow. That's our purpose. And within that, I have kind of sub, sub, you know, subcategories of what my purpose is. First and foremost, my, you know, one of my primary purposes is to help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. And that's something that I do out, you know, in my private life, but also mm-hmm. through some of the work that I do publicly. Um, so that's very important to me. And to try to, uh, and to try to, you know, put, um, put a vibration, a resonance out in the world that allows people to, you know, connect with the work that I do. But I think that, you know, look, water rises to its own level and you can't transmit something that you haven't got. So my ability to help and impact other people is directly, is a direct function of the extent to which I'm willing to, um, you know, do the work to grow myself. And, you know, I'm hardly, (laughs) I'm hardly an enlightened, perfect person. There are plenty of things that I struggle with and continue to struggle with. And, and, you know, I try to share, uh, about that as openly and as transparently as possible so that people can kind of emotionally relate and connect with, with, um, you know, with my journey, which I find gives them permission to be open and honest about things that they struggle with, which in turn, I think, is the first step towards really wrestling with and overcoming, you know, obstacles that hold people back. Yeah. Yes. I realize though. I don't know if that answers your question. Does that answer your question? I don't know. No, I like <laughs> it. There's there's no perfect yeah. answer. It's it's uh, uh no no absolutely. Um, you, looking at career, and you mentioned just a minute ago that from a business standpoint, that you a great habit is hiring somebody who's better in that area, you know, than than you are. But as you look at your career, I mean, you've had a pretty significant morphing from the corporate lawyer to the ultra endurance athlete to you know businessman and an influencer, uh, writer, as you you know have as a primary headline for yourself. But when you look at your career and the trajectory that you're going on now to keep it forming well and evolving uh, well, again, any, any specific daily or, or ongoing habits that you employ? I think uh, that has become a really salient, like relevant daily inquiry for me because I'm in this mm. incredible position where suddenly I have all these amazing opportunities to do really cool stuff. And that was not the case uh, for many years. I love what I do. I feel so grateful and blessed to have this platform and the ability to talk about things that I'm so passionate about. I could have never imagined in a million years that this would be my life. It certainly wasn't like the goal when I was a a corporate lawyer trying to figure out what I was going to do. Like I I couldn't have dreamed it up. So I'm very... um, I'm just I'm I'm so blessed and blown away that I get to do what I get to do. But with that comes, you know, certain responsibilities and and expectations that people put on you. And I get a lot of emails from people saying, "Hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Or or how about this?" And it all sounds good to me. Like I want to do all of it because there, it's generally fun stuff. It involves, you know, traveling to cool places, talking to cool people or getting paid to do this or that. And and so for me, it's about this. What I'm learning is how important it is to say no and to be really clear on what's mission critical, like what's most important. You know, somebody who's 51 years old, uh, you know, I'm not 30 coming into this looking at, you know, multiple decades of being able to continue to do what I what I get to do. Like I'm 51. Like I want to really make sure 
that in the years that I have that remain where I'm vital, that I am really executing on, on what's most important to execute on. And so for me, that's, that's like, you know, really carving out the quiet time to write books and to make sure that I'm getting the best guests for my podcast and, and, and really kind of investing in and making the content uh, that I'm putting out to be most helpful and of the highest quality possible. And in order to do that, I got to say no to most things that come down the pike. And as a people pleaser, that's an uncomfortable uh, habit to try to develop. Well, I'm that much more honored Mm -hmm. that we got your time uh, today, of course. Thank you for that. You know, you mentioned something just about your, your, uh, your sequestering your time or saving your time. And, uh, I, got, I probably emailed you 10 times throughout this process, and I appreciated your autoresponder. So I'm under a writing deadline. <laughs> yeah. It may be a while before I get back yeah. to it. I checked this once a day. I, thought, that, that's, I, I, appreciate I think I'm just going to leave that autoresponder up forever. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's always legitimate. And, you know, you talked about podcast guests. So now uh, since I can look behind you to your Blackboard, is that the uh, podcast desired oh, guest list there? So, up on the, up on the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't read too much into that. I have a we I have a shipping container that we customized and built out into my writing office. And the back wall here is chalkboard paint. And so I just write when a name comes to mind or somebody yep. who I think is interesting, I'll write it down. So I've got a whole wall and there's a lot of people that I'm in the process of, of trying to book or just people who I think would be cool. Yep. So it doesn't necessarily mean that anything is happening now. Well, I, I agree. I won't name names, but a good list. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to those folks being on the show. Uh, last one is personal. And obviously all of this is personal. So we really try to uh, confine this to the things that you do that are just for you from even a fun standpoint, a hobby, just a play even mm-hmm. uh, that may not fit in these other categories, but you do them just for you, just for fun. You know, I have to say that I'm in, I'm such I'm in such a blessed place because the things that that I would do for fun I get to do for my job. Like you know I love there's nothing there's nothing more fun for me than to go out my front door here in the Santa Monica Mountains and ride my bike on a beautiful day. Like I love that. You know if if I have a day off that's what I want to do, but that's actually part of what I do professionally. Not that I get paid to be to ride my bike, but it's kind of part and parcel of the work that I do. Uh, and there's nothing more, um, more of a blessing or more incredible than to get to sit down with an amazing person who inspires you and talk to them for an hour and a half. Like how cool is that? And then to get to share that, like, so to me, there is a, there, there's no demarcation line between what I do for fun and what I get to do professionally which is something I always aspired to have. And I, I just can't, I've just, you know, I just can't believe that I get to do this. But with that comes, comes, you know, this thing that can happen, which is the things that you love can then, you can then start to resent them. If you haven't created sustainable practices that build in rest and recovery. Um, <clears throat> and that's something that going into this new year, I was starting to get really burned out because even though I love what I get to do without building breaks in, like you start to just run out of steam. So, you know, for me, 
I have to take those breaks. Um, you know, I have to understand, like, I'm never going to be at inbox zero. I'm never going to, you know, like, <laughs> there's just certain things that cause me a lot of anxiety and stress that are part of what I do that aren't going to get dealt with to the extent that I would like them to get dealt with. And so I've got to learn how to let go of a lot of that and just walk away from the computer and enjoy quiet time or go to a movie. You know, I work, I basically work seven days a week, even though it doesn't feel like work. So sometimes it's important for me on a Tuesday afternoon to go, you know what, I'm just going to go to a matinee. Like I need to tune it out. I need to like turn this off and just disconnect from everybody and everything for a little bit so that I can be continue to do what I do at the highest level that I'm capable of. Okay. Well, instead of ending there, I've got one more bonus question because I just personally want to know, uh, being a guy like you are, I tend to look to look at everything in my life as we, we want to find what works. We want to find what's best, what's healthiest, what's rightest, at least for us. And, and then, and then do that, you know, daily to that aspect. But here, there's also burnout. And as I look at, you know, cycling, like cycling our food, mm-hmm. um, you know, it used to be that we had to, because that's how the culture did. You had this when it was in season, then you stopped and had this, and that was great for health. And now we can have the same thing every day. And sometimes that's a bad thing. It can cause, you know, allergies. But when we look at our, at our life then, and you find what works and what you're supposed to do to do it day in and day out, do you find yourself, yourself at time saying, I, I've got, I do need to end that for a time, for a season uh, so I can pick it up with more joy. And is that harder when, you know, what you're doing is part of your vocation as well? Yeah, it is harder, but I think it's important to live seasonally. You know, I, I know that for myself personally, come, you know, come December, come January, you know, I, I don't have as much energy as I have in July. You know, the days are shorter, it's colder out, that instinct to like kind of hibernate uh, kicks in a little bit of, I get a little depressed. And the juxtaposition of that, like, kind of holiday time depression mashed up against all the social expectations of being joyous and going to all these parties and tis the season can be very disorienting for me. And it's something that I struggle with a lot. And for me, it's been about just being okay with how I feel and not feeling compelled to have to change it or to feel guilty about that because look, you know, our DNA is baked in. Like we, you know, we haven't changed. We haven't evolved that much as, as animals in the last hundred thousand years, but our world has changed around us so much. And we like to deny the fact that we are living in nature, even though we're indoors, we are in nature and we need to take a cue from those signals and pay attention to our emotions and, and understand that that is, fundamentally, you know, part of what it means to be an animal on planet earth, instead of trying to deny it and control everything and, and, and trick ourselves or convince ourselves that we need to be you know, happy all the time. So for me, it's been about just, just owning that really, and just being like, this is the way it is. And I'm okay with that. And I don't need it to be any different than, than it is. And I think that allows me to then um, relieve the pressure, uh, that I put on myself to be a certain way all the time. 
I mean, thank you. Uh, it felt like talking with a kindred spirit mm-hmm. to a significant degree. Thanks for just sharing your heart and uh, your authenticity and your struggles along with this. It will it will bless this audience and appreciate massively your time today, Rich. Uh, thank you very much. It's been an honor to talk to you. Hey friends, I'm wondering what great ideas for your own habits you came up with here. If you got value from hearing riches, uh, leave an iTunes review at the Ziegler show and let us all know uh, how the value was and let other people know as well. Again, you can connect with rich at richroll.com and you want to check out his new offering meals.richroll.com. Coming up next in show 530, we are talking about upping yours and my, our hope joy, expectations, and from that, our behavior and actions. So how? Well, by increasing our gratitude, nothing has to change other than your awareness of what is happening right in front of your eyes. We're going to listen to a two-minute clip from the legend himself, Zig Ziglar. Uh, The message was from a presentation that he originally called the Oh Gosh Attitude. Well, from that clip, I asked people at my Agent K. Miller Facebook page, you're welcome to join there if you want to join in in these discussions, but I asked them, what is something you often take for granted that you should, in all truth, be wowed about? And I actually made the first comment to kick things off and talked about something I think I take for granted in my own life that I shouldn't so much. Well, we got some really heartfelt comments that will make you think really deeply. And Michelle Prince and I talked through some of them for a truly rich conversation. Till then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 